Welcome to Short Course, episode 99, for April 21st, 2023. I'm your host, Ben Barry. This is my second time recording this episode. I, I had a, an episode ready to go last night, and then today on Friday, the board dropped the minutes from the meeting that happened this Tuesday, which didn't necessarily clarify everything, but at least gives us some specifics to, to discuss. So I figured it was better to cover that than, than go with what I had yesterday, which was less information. So the big news this week is that Yi Min Lin, the president of USPSA, has had his range officer, chief range officer, certification revoked, which triggered a USPSA bylaw. That means that he is considered to have resigned from office as soon as that happened. This appears to stem, according to the rumor mill, this is this is not confirmed by anything, but it, it, it adds up based on the timing. This appears to stem from him working the Roadrunner shootout, which was a, a level two match in California at the end of March, so about three weeks ago. And apparently somebody at that match filed a, a formal complaint, which began the NROI discipline process. This is a policy that I don't know is especially well-known, something that Area 8 Director Ted Murphy said in a Facebook post today was drafted in 2021, so relatively recently. But the the, the policy basically says, so it, it lays out two tiers of incidents, basically a Tier 1 incident being an isolated, relatively minor incident, or a Tier 2 level of discipline being a pattern of minor incidents or one serious incident. Now, what minor and serious mean isn't defined, so it's left up to the interpretation. And in practice, both Tier 1 and Tier 2 result in basically the same things. They can range anywhere from a letter of warning, basically a written warning, up to not being allowed to renew your certification or being required to take some mandatory retraining up to having your certification immediately revoked. And in the case of Tier 2 discipline examples, having DNROI forward to the board of USPSA a recommendation that you be banned from the sport. So obviously that would be something egregious, for example, in a Paul Hendricks-type situation where he was found to be repeatedly changing scores when reading the time off to the to the scorekeeper if that had gone through this complaint process and been a, a tier two incident, it could have resulted in that recommendation. And then the board would take that up as a member discipline issue. So this week there was a regularly scheduled board meeting with an agenda of items, many of which are still left over from the January in-person board meeting. Many, many things to discuss on the agenda here. But on Monday, the result of this NROI discipline process against Yi Min apparently on that day resulted in his RO certification being revoked. And this could be seen by looking at his profile on the USPSA website. And then the next day, the board meeting happened. And looking at the USPSA contact page, he after that meeting, he was not listed as the president anymore. They took his name and picture off that page. And so it, the, the position was presumed vacant. That was all that we knew for sure. There were some rumors and some leaks from the meeting, but that, that was what we could tell publicly until the meeting minutes were released today. 
And all that the minutes say on the topic, they they list Yi Min as as being absent, and so he was he was not in the meeting. And they just say that on Monday, April seventeenth, the board of directors was notified that the president had his RO certification revoked. The vice president has assumed the role of acting president. That's Area Eight Ted Murphy, pending the completion of the president's appeal hearing. The hearing will be scheduled as soon as is practical. So, looking at the the policy itself, it says that. Appeals for level one through three incidents will be heard by a committee convened by DNROI himself. Level four or five will be the appeal will be heard by the board. It is it's not clear. The, the, this policy, frankly, is 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 badly worded. So tier one lists five possible outcomes for a tier one discipline event. They are just labeled one, two, three, four, five. And they're not in increasing order of severity. So letter of correction is number one and revocation of certification is number two. Whereas tier two lays out level one through five, which does seem to be in ascending order of severity. And in a tier two event, level four is the letter of certification removal. And presumably because this was a single incident at a single match, Unless this was a serious event, this is being treated as tier one, which means is it technically a level? F- I mean, the, the whole thing is just it's it's very mushy. If you if you read the thing, you know, tier two has this very clear level one, two, three, four, but this tier one, again, it's not clear. The two possible outcomes, though, that are that are laid out in this policy is the appeal will either be heard again by a committee convened by DNROI or it will go to the full board. Now, this has been generating a a lot of heat. This week, as you might imagine, the the unilateral and unexpected removal of the sitting president from office might have that effect. So it's very possible that the board will hear the appeal and then vote to reverse because the level of heat that they're getting is unbearable. It's hard to say, but it's worth talking about the fact that this this was only possible because of the unintended consequences of one of the bylaw changes that was ratified at the beginning of 2022. So previously to be a president or a board member, you had to be a resident in the case of an area director, you had to be a resident in the area. In the case of the president, you had to be a resident of the U S and you had to be a life member. And there was a, a bylaw that was not changed during the bylaws review bylaw 7.8, which says in part, a director or officer who no longer meets the requirements for holding office shall be considered to have resigned as of the date of such condition which, again, under the old bylaws basically meant if you were an area director and you moved out of your area, you were considered to have resigned effective immediately. In the bylaws rewrite, they added two more criteria. One is that you have to be a U.S. citizen. Again, kind of unlikely that that will change during your life. But the second one that they added was that you had to be a level one range officer, which on its face makes sense. It adds a little bit more skin in the game. You know, there are other requirements about having to be a member for a certain uninterrupted period. But adding the level one range officer certification, it's it's not that hard to get your certification, at least to get on the board. Now, again, the interaction between these two bylaws resulted in a case where, by the sole discretion of DNROI, which if you read the, the, the discipline policy, that's the way it's phrased, he, he might convene a committee, but ultimately the decision is is solely rests with him. Once a complaint has been fed into this into this discipline process, it's up to him what punishment is handed out. And there are no guidelines that for this or that, you should get a letter of warning. And so the the question is, 
Could DNROI have just decided to give him a letter of warning or require some mandatory retraining? Absolutely. That was possible within the policy. So what was going on at this match that was so grave that it could only be remedied by stripping someone who had worked dozens of major matches of his certification immediately? To me, it looks like the point was to get him out of office. The question is why? What was he starting to dig around? What was he getting too close to? What could he not be allowed to continue doing? And to some degree, the the timing of this is suspicious because the filing deadline to run for president or area director in any of the elections that will, the normal elections that will be happening this year, the deadline to file for those is, is May 1st. So a little under two weeks from now. So even if he happened to be removed from office, he could still run again if he was eligible. But by removing his certification and making it so that he can't get it back by the time that his next term would start, he's he's done. And I believe that it is relatively common once a certification has been revoked. There's some period, I guess typically a year, where you you have to wait before you can even take a level one seminar again and, and try and get it back if you even choose to do so. Now, as of today, Friday, so three days after the this board meeting, they have restored Yemen's name and picture on the contact page as president. So obviously we're in some kind of gray area where they are, he's not out of office, but he's not being allowed to act as president until the appeal is resolved, which, I mean, in the first place, obviously, I think to anybody looking, there, there, is, there is a huge gap in due process here. At most, removing someone's certification should maybe trigger a vote on removal, but the fact that it, it automatically tenders your resignation through an action that is not your choice is, I think, obviously not what the bylaw was meant for. When it was written, paired with the requirements for office at the time of being a life member and living in the U.S. or in the area, those were that, that was something that you would have to choose to change. It was not something that, that could be done to you. And so the fact that now something can be done to someone that triggers this bylaw 7.8 is obviously, there, there are huge due process issues, and it obviously gives NROI a huge amount of power to remove members of the board that they don't want to be on the board or even potentially go after candidates. I mean, there, there is a good question of, should I even continue with my plans to, say, work the North Carolina section at the end of this year if somebody decides to file a complaint and through whatever the decision-making is, it it results in me having my CRO certification revoked, then I'm no longer eligible to hold the office. And if they're willing to throw that at the sitting president, would they throw it at a, an area director candidate? I have to imagine they would. So there, there's a real chilling effect that, that this that this whole can of worms opens up. Again, we will see if the board backpedals and says, well, you know, there should be due process, and so we're going to review the appeal and reinstate, and, you know, we'll see. I mean, obviously, they they have an escape hatch out of this now by saying, well, until the appeal is heard and until we get a chance to vote, nothing's finalized. But for now, until that happens, Ted Murphy, Area 8 director, who was nominated and voted to be the vice president at the January in-person board meeting, he is the acting president until that happens. Now, the place where this gets really weird is in the course of events this week, there was some digging done on the existing area directors, and it was discovered that Area 4 director Mel Rodero, who took office beginning of this year, does not and has not had a, a range officer certification. 
And so he is ineligible to serve and per bylaw 7.8 is considered to have resigned the day that he took office. Now, the minutes that were released today are contradictory or at least obfuscate reality a little bit by saying that on April 18th, 2023, so the day of the board meeting, the board was notified that A4 director had not acquired an RO certification. The BOD originally gave A4D a period of time due to the lack of RO certification required for position. Due to extenuating personal circumstances, he was unable to complete this. He has been given until 531.23 to complete. Now, this is the first that this has been mentioned anywhere in the minutes. If this was something that was known or discussed at the January in-person board meeting, there there's no record of it in the minutes. And so, I, as far as I'm concerned, if it's not in the minutes, I mean, can can the board just retroactively say that they made decisions months ago and then that that they can just act on them? And at the same time, there is there is no power in the bylaws that grants the board the ability to provide a waiver for complying with these these bylaws. They're, they're crystal clear. It's not even, I mean, again, the way it is written, it is not up to the board to vote. It is triggered automatically. If you do not meet the criteria, you are considered to have resigned effective the day that you failed to comply with those criteria. So at the very least, the most generous interpretation of this is the board worked out some secret sweetheart deal to allow one of their members to violate the bylaws and hope that nobody noticed. I mean, of course, somebody might have pointed out, wait, why is a, why is an area director taking a level one RO class? Shouldn't he already have a certification? So that was going to be a bit of a smoking gun. There are some rumors that there was a class that he was scheduled to be at and and never showed up to. Meanwhile, people had been looking at his his records on practice score competitor and seeing all the major matches and everything else he's had time to shoot. So it doesn't seem like he's, you know, whatever extenuating personal circumstances the board is hiding behind here, it doesn't seem like they stopped him from traveling to shoot all those matches. So why he couldn't comply even with this this completely outside the bylaws extension grace period that they've given him is completely baffling. I mean, this is this is this this is something different. Everything that has happened so far, all of the board shenanigans around voting fully out that was completely within the bylaws, delaying the special election to rewrite the bylaws, eh, that one's that one's gray area. The the bylaws simply said that the special election should be timely. Now, Foley was removed in August of 2021 and the election procedure wasn't initiated until the new bylaws were ratified in January of 2022. So, five months? Is that timely between one guy leaving office and beginning the process of having an election, which then you had to have candidates submit their petitions? It was a, a multi-way election that went to a runoff, so we ended up having most of a year without, without an elected USPSA president. But, okay, you know, timely isn't isn't narrowly defined, so we can we can say that one. Maybe they they complied with that one, if not in spirit, in letter. And even even this maneuver to oust Yimin, it's it's right there in the bylaws. DNROI can yank your certification, and as soon as that certification is gone, you are considered to have resigned that day. So, is it wrong? Yes. Is it? it does it follow the letter of the bylaws? Yes. But this this idea that the board can just grant themselves power to waive requirements for area directors 
it, it doesn't exist. They're making this up out of whole cloth, and they just did it because they didn't think they would get caught. And they're still blowing a smokescreen and saying, well, you know, he was he was fairly elected, and so we're, we, we should allow the votes of the members of Area 4 to stand, even though whether they voted for someone or not, he was not eligible to take office. This is this is something different than than what we've seen before. This is not this is not just kind of sketchy misuse of the existing rules, but this is just inventing new powers and new abilities where they don't exist. And it's it's completely wrong. Mel Rodero is not eligible to serve as as a director of USPSA. Any meeting where he is allowed to be present is illegitimate. And even even this meeting, halfway through the meeting, they say that he should recuse himself and and no longer vote. And yet, even knowing that this was coming up on the agenda, they still allow him to vote in the first vote of the meeting, which was to go into executive session, which, by the way, they spent three hours in. They had a three-hour executive session to, quote, discuss human resource and legal topics. So presumably the issues with Yemen and, and Mel. They let him vote on that. They knew, going into this meeting, they knew that he was out of compliance. And they were planning in this meeting to get him to recuse himself and no longer vote in, participate in votes. And yet they let him participate in that first vote. I mean, the, the this is this is just, this is Calvin Ball level, make up the rules as you go antics. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. They, 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 they're doing what they want because nobody can stop them. So that's what is known as of Friday, April 21st. I'm sure there is more to come. We'll see what the outcome of the appeal of Yemen's appeal to the board is, whether they go back and say, oh, due process wasn't followed. Now that you've been heard by the board, we'll vote to overturn and let you stay. Presumably that would, I mean, just just in terms of due process and doing the right thing, I am I am not Yemen's biggest cheerleader, but to railroad somebody like this is just it makes a mockery of the whole organization. The idea that a sitting member, the sitting president, or any any of the board members could be removed simply because someone fed a complaint into the top of this discipline system, and boom, out the bottom pops a revocation of their certification. It's it might be it might follow the letter of the policies and the bylaws, but it is, it is not due process. It is not what we should expect out of a healthy functioning organization. And again, what, what was the reason that he had to go this close to the, to the start of the election period? Why do they have to get rid of him? Why now? What was he starting to get into? I mean, I don't know that we'll ever know the answer to that. Hopefully we will one day, but obviously there was there was some reason that he had to go and they're trying their best and if that's the truth then i think we'll see them hear his appeal just like they did with some of the the band members and then vote to vote to follow through on the choice that they've already made we'll see and then the other question is are they going to get enough member outcry that they do the right thing and declare mel to have been invalid and unable to continue to serve and hold a special election to fill his seat because he does not meet the bylaws. They have no power to grant any kind of waiver or extension. And the fact that they're just granting this power to themselves is again, they're just, they're making up the rules. If, if they can do that, then what other powers can they grant themselves at any time and what's to stop them? So that's what we know. That's where we're at. I'm sure more details will emerge in the days to come, but 
I wanted to put together as concise a summary of what we know and, and what's happened over the past week as I can so that people are aware of what the board is up to, what their justifications are, and what the ramifications are for, for the sport. Because I think I think there are some serious precedents being set right now, and this needs to be taken very seriously. Well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. My email is ben at barryshooting.com. Talk to you next time.